You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, church family. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad you tuned in. So last week was a zero week. Yesterday was a zero day. I'm struggling on the podcast bus. Sorry about that. Some weeks, uh, I just can't find the margin, but this is a, a priority to me enough that I want to keep it going. So thanks for tuning in today, even after being disappointed every time you checked your podcast last week. Today's podcast episode is going to be a good one because I brought Corey Jenkins. So, hey, Corey, welcome to the podcast, man. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, Corey is becoming a regular guest with me because he's willing and I'm grateful. Corey, we're talking about discipleship today, right? So our Sunday sermon was about making disciples. And church family, I want to follow up on the sermon just a little bit with some just sort of, I guess, some practical uh, emphasis and some stories. Um, I want to talk about how I was discipled. I want to talk about how Corey was discipled. We're just going to share those stories with you. But to frame it up in some in a biblical uh, framework, I just want to present something Corey shared. And I'll get you to read in just a second, Corey. I want to present something Corey shared um, this morning in staff meeting. You know, we were, he was reading from John chapter one. He had the devotion for us uh, on Tuesday staff meeting, which would have been yesterday for listeners. And uh, he was just sharing from John chapter one. Uh, they're just this, this simple, simple phrase, you know, when Jesus was inviting the first disciples into discipleship with him, a very relational context, uh, they ask a few questions and I just want to let Corey sort of unpack the response from Jesus uh, to that question. So John uh, records in John chapter 1, verse 35. The next day, again, John the Baptist was standing with two of his disciples. And he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, Where are you staying? He said to them, Come, and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus, and Jesus looked at him and said, So you are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. And then you see the section right after Philip repeats the same yeah. come and see language of Jesus. So if I'm following this right, Andrew was a disciple of John the Baptist. John the Baptist shows shows him who Jesus is. Yes. And so um, Andrew, interested in Jesus, says, where yep. you stay? And Jesus says, why don't you come see? Yeah. So so he actually, he so he does, and he gets his brother, right, yep. Peter, who's obviously going to be yeah, famous. We right? know. That's yeah. right. And then ne- the next episode, which we don't have to read, but it's the same. I mean, Philip, Jesus calls Philip to come be a disciple. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Philip is also from that same little fishing village of Beth- mm-hmm. Bethsaida. And uh, he, he thinks, this wow, this is the Messiah. He was right about that. And so he talks to Nathaniel. And then when Nathaniel you know, interacts with, with him, he says, you know, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And uh, and it's interesting because the answer is kind of the same thing, right? Yeah. Come come and see. I mean, yeah. that's all Philip says is just come see. Yeah. Like, I want to invite you to come into a relationship and explore this. Uh-huh. 
Okay, so what I want to talk about is this. If you're going to make disciples, if you heard the sermon Sunday, let's go make disciples, and you say, okay, I want to do that, but I don't know where to start. I don't know how to make disciples. What do I do? I want to do sort of two podcast episodes around this, this one mm-hmm. for, for today, and then I'll do something a little different tomorrow. But there's lots of good like packaged materials and curriculums and guides that you could give somebody to help with the beginnings of discipleship. Because I really do think that when somebody raises their hand and says, I want to make disciples, the big question is, well, gosh, how do I do it? I don't know where to start. And so that's where those curriculums come in handy. But that's not today's podcast. You know, listener, what I want you to think about today is that like the the core, the heartbeat of this discipleship engagement is relational. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to have a material or a, a, a book or anything like that to be able to engage this. You really just have to default back to this early principle where the disciples are looking up going, well, come see, come see. Where Jesus is looking at them saying, you come see. I mean, where you're invited into the context of a relationship where you meet Jesus. And then as you spend time relationally for the disciples with Jesus, um, and today with Jesus by being with the church, you begin to see the life path of Jesus and your life becomes shaped in his image almost organically, but definitely intentionally. It has to be more intentional than just let's spend time together. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say that we are intentionally inviting folks in close in relationship for the purpose of interacting with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that that is a key part of discipleship. So let's just kick this off. You know, Corey, let's talk about how you were discipled, how I was discipled. Um, I'll tell my story first. You tell your second. How about yep. that? Sounds good. So I want to know who discipled you in the beginning, right? But here's here's mine. So I grew up in a, in a Baptist church, and I came to know Jesus in that church. Uh, when I went to junior college, you guys, most of the churches heard my, my testimony, right? Probably more than they care to repeat. I mean, lots of times. But I'd, I had never really intentionally been discipled. Now, I'd been in Sunday school, uh, some great yeah. Sunday school teachers. I had good pastors. My parents had a huge discipleship impact on me uh, just by being godly people, raising me to, to know who mm-hmm. God was. But I think the first, uh, outside of my household, outside of my family, the first intentional discipleship relationship that I engaged um, was in, in college. And, um, and that, that was, a, I, I guess there, I would tell you two stories. One is while I was in college, my pastor began to mentor me. And I didn't even know he was doing like he never We never signed a document. We never shook hands. He never said, hey, you want me to disciple you? He just started playing ping pong with me on Wednesday nights. Um, after I would volunteer in the youth group. And, and I, I look back now, and he was actually trying to have an influence on me for Jesus' sake, and he was successful. But the other one was a college student who was one year older than me. His name is John Branning. John is a, a pastor in the Methodist church now. John is a terrific guy. He, um, his dad was a Methodist pastor of a terrific church mm-hmm. out of Philadelphia, Mississippi, out of Sand Hill, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. But John was uh, called to the ministry very young. And he was light years ahead of me spiritually, but mm. he and I made friends in junior college and he didn't say, let's sit down and read the Bible together. He didn't say, I want to disciple you. He just started inviting me everywhere. Hey, I'm going to this you know, meeting. Do you want to come? Hey, I'm going to preach. Do you want to come? Hey, what are you doing tomorrow night? And I wound up spending a lot of time with John and we would talk about the Bible. We would talk about what he was doing. And in a, in a very natural way, I grew a ton in Jesus. And I would say John was probably one of the very first intentional disciple makers, peer disciple makers, you know, that I had. We did not have a curriculum or a plan, so to speak. Mm -hmm. We just started sharing life together and talking about Jesus. Um, And I was, and I was very uh, influenced by that early on. And I'm not saying that that's the best or the only way. I'm just saying the key ingredient there 
was just relationship and time spent that John just kept inviting me. So for you, it might look like inviting somebody over to your house over and over, like a family in the church saying, mm -hmm. all right, well, if that's who God's given us to influence. We're just going to invite them over a lot. You know, we're going to give, mm -hmm. we're going to, we're going to be engaged with them. We're going to ask the right questions. We're going to invite them to family devotions. We're going to, we're going to come alongside them, not even in something we have to manufacture just by bringing them so they can come and see. Corey, what about you? How, what were your early discipleship relationships like? Um, you know, I look back and I see two huge key men in my story of discipleship with Christ. Um, I first see, you know, a guy, a youth pastor at my home church, New Zion Baptist Church in Covington, Louisiana, named Jeff Oates. Um, he was my second youth pastor there. And you talk about ordinary, like, go and get coffee or ordinary things that we, we do every day um, that can be used to disciple others. Um, for Jeff, it was getting me and a couple other guys in our student ministry to help him build stuff. Um, he was a very crafty guy, just like Stro um, and you. Um, but he would use that to not only teach us to, um, you know, craftiness um, with woodcrafting and all that, but also in those moments he would use that ordinary job and task of building something to talk about, you know, building one another up, um, discipling us, talking about holding us accountable each week in our time with God. Um, and then furthermore, he took it a step further with, um, you know, when we started, uh, I was in drums. I've been playing drums since student ministry, my student ministry days. Um, when we started a band at my student ministry at my home church and, um, he would take the whole band each Sunday, and we would practice, but part of that was sitting down, talking about we, and we did go through a curriculum, um, Gallaty's Foundations book. Yeah, um, yeah. And it was really good. So that was the first taste. And then I would say second, for likewise, in your scenario, was in college, you know, with Stro. Um, with Stro, it was more of a uh, ministry investment. It was a Paul and Timothy kind of deal. Um, where I learned the ropes of ministry probably from more than anybody else but Stro, um, which is about student ministry and you know how to preach to students, how to teach them, how to how to disciple them, and um, it was good for me because as he was discipling me, I got an opportunity to reflect that discipleship by discipling students. Um, and so there was two two guys, um, Jeff Oates and Jeremy Stro. Uh, who have been key in my discipleship with Christ. So this is the thing I want podcast listeners to take home from this episode. It, and it's simple, right? Yes, there are going to be there's some good curriculums and plans mm -hmm. and methods out there available to you. But the critical thing, the first yeah. thing, is that you would be willing to look around you and find the people that God is putting in your path. Yeah. And, if, and if any of those people are people that you're called to disciple, that you would make yourself relationally available to them and intentionally point that relationship towards Jesus, mm -hmm. that your, that your, your prayers, your conversations, the things you read or teach or talk about in the scriptures, uh, you might be amazed at how much of an impact you're going to have for discipleship just by being intentional with relationships. So Corey, thanks for taking some time. Church family, listen, I know that it can be a little intimidating to think, a little bit intimidating to think about uh, discipling somebody if that's something you've never done. Like, what do I, how, what do I start? You know, am I holy enough? Yes, you are. We are a kingdom of priests. Mm -hmm. You're, you're just, it could be as simple as, you know, once, once every two weeks taking the same person to coffee and intentionally 
uh, investing in them for Jesus' sake. It can be once a month have the same family over into your household uh, for the sake of investing in, in them for Jesus' sake. Some of that can be for evangelism, that you're hoping to lead them to their first step of discipleship, salvation. Some of that can be that they'd grow in the second step of discipleship, that they'd learn to walk according to Jesus' teachings. But being relationally and intentionally present is step one. Corey, thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah. Listener, thanks for listening. Can't wait to see you tonight in our discipleship environments at church. We've got some terrific things. Here.